Someone else? I don't like to get in a hurry. Well, that's not true. If you've ever ridden with me in the car, you know that. I like to stop. But when it comes to church, it comes to the presence of the Lord, I don't want to get in a hurry. Well, if you've minded the Lord, turn with me, if you would, to the book of Exodus, chapter 8. Exodus, chapter 8. This morning, it seems that God has prepared two messages for us. One has been the theme of this service of praise and who God is and what he's done. And the message that God has laid on me is completely different from that, from what we've been singing about and, and testifying about. And that's okay. That's okay. Sometimes, I like it when it flows together. But also I rem, I, I'm reminded that we come with different needs. And so if you haven't gotten your need met this morning, uh, hopefully the Lord will speak to you through the message. <clears throat> Exodus chapter 8, I invite you to stand with me for the reading of God's Word. If you were at VBS this week, you'll know that there was a little bit of excitement as uh, some of the children found a frog. And I thought that was interesting because even before that happened, the Lord was laying this message on my heart. And the Lord spake unto Moses, Go unto Pharaoh, and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord, Let my people go, that they may serve me. And if thou refuse to let them go, behold, I will smite all thy borders with frogs. And the river shall bring forth frogs abundantly which shall go up and come into thine house and into thy bedchamber and upon thy bed and into thy house of thy servants and upon thy people and into thine ovens and into thy kneading troughs. And the frogs shall come up both on thee and upon thy people and upon all thy servants. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying unto Aaron, Stretch forth thine hand with thy rod over the streams over the rivers and over the ponds, and cause frogs to come up upon the land of Egypt. And Aaron stretched out his hand over the waters of Egypt, and the frogs came up and covered the land of Egypt. And the magicians did so with their enchantments and brought up frogs upon the land of Egypt. Just what you need, more frogs, right? Then Pharaoh called for Moses and Aaron, and said, Entreat the Lord that he may take away the frogs from me and from my people, and I will let the people go, that they may do sacrifice unto the Lord. And Moses said unto Pharaoh, Glory over me, when shall I entreat for thee, and for thy servants and for thy people to destroy the frogs from thee and thy houses, that they may remain in the river only? And he said, Tomorrow. And he said, Be it according to thy word, that thou mayest know that there is none like unto the Lord our God. And the frogs shall depart from thee, and from thy houses, and from thy servants, and from thy people. They shall remain in the river only. 
And Moses and Aaron went out from Pharaoh, and Moses cried unto the Lord because of the frogs which he had brought against Pharaoh. And the Lord did according to the word of Moses, and the frogs died out of the houses, out of the villages, out of the fields, and they gathered them together upon heaps, and the land stank. And when Pharaoh saw that there was respite, he hardened his heart and hearkened not unto them as the Lord had said. By the help of the Lord, I want to speak to us on the subject, another night with the frogs. Another night with the frogs. Father, you've come. You've spoken to us through song and through testimony, prayer, your spirit. And we ask that you'd speak to us through your word. Anoint these lips of clay one more time. Help us to rightly divide the word of truth. It may be glorified in it. We ask these things in your precious name. Amen. You may be seated. I have a confession to make this morning. I am not a fan of being uncomfortable. I'm not someone who enjoys pain. I know there are some people that just seem to like to hurt. I never understood those people. I mean, there's, I, mean I, I think about people who do it for a living, you know, they're like professional boxers. And I think, what in the world would cause you to get in the ring with some 250-pound man that's nothing but muscle, 1% body fat, and let him hit you as hard as he can in the face? There's got to be something wrong with you. I, I, don't, I just don't get it. I don't like pain. I see these, these great big men play football and they collide into each other and I think, man, I'm glad I don't play football for a living. I'd like the paycheck, but I don't want to, the injuries. Seems like they relish the pain. There's some people that just seem to like pain. But I'm a wimp. If I have a stone in my shoe, I'm going to stop and get rid of it. I'm just not going to I'm just not going to keep walking with this stone in my shoe. Maybe you're different. Maybe you think that but man a stone in your shoe is just a mile annoyance and and you know it doesn't hurt that bad and you'll just walk miles and miles with that stone in your shoe. You can. I'm not just don't have any desire to hurt. And I know hurting is part of getting older, but I'm not hunting it and trying to bring it on myself any more than I have to. I just don't like to hurt. When I read in this text, and this is the second plague, of course the first is the water turned to blood, and and, uh, now the... God has has said he's going to smite the borders of Egypt with frogs. You know, I thought, uh, as I read that, you know, that doesn't sound too bad, does it? I mean, it's not snakes. You know, at least it's not that. I mean, it's nothing poisonous. It's not, I mean, he didn't say he was going to smite thy borders with the crocodiles. They're going to all come out, and they're all going to visit you for a while. I mean, uh, I... Frogs. 
I mean, this is not really that scary. And I kind of imagine that's how Pharaoh felt about it. Your God's going to send frogs? I mean, really? Frogs? What, what, what's the big deal about frogs? Moses says, well, I, we're not just sending a few frogs. We're going to send millions and millions of frogs. There's going to be frogs in your bed. Isn't that lovely? I've, you know, I know some people like to sleep with their pets. You know, their dogs and their cats. But I, I, I doubt there are very many people here that want to go sleeping with the frogs. I don't know how you sleep when you've got frogs everywhere and they're hopping all over. I mean, you're trying, just about to fall asleep and splat, it lands on your face. I don't know how you sleep in the, under those conditions. But not only are there going to be frogs in your bed, but there's going to be frogs in your kitchen. You're going to be kneading your dough. You're going to be making lunch. And all of a sudden, a frog's going to jump into your dough. Isn't that nice? You take that frog out, and, you're, and, and while you're through that one out, another one jumped in. And I, I mean, you get your bread, and you bite into your bread, and oh boy, you got frog legs in there. I mean, it's a great meal. I mean, this is exciting. You know, you go to cook your, your, uh, your, your bread, you put it, open up the oven, and out comes, a, they start popping out of your oven. Isn't that good? You cook your bread, and there's dead frogs. I mean, you get to smell those frogs frying in that, or baking in that oven. Isn't that good? I mean, we're talking about, we're talking about an annoyance. A really bad annoyance, if you ask me. Doesn't sound like much fun. Moses gets the call. Pharaoh wants to chat. I don't wonder how long it took. Pharaoh show, uh, Moses shows up to Pharaoh's throne room. Pharaoh says, you know, I, I'm tired of these frogs. I've had a good night's sleep. My servants are tired and cranky. I'm tired and cranky. I haven't had a good meal. Every time we try to get in, my cooks try to cook, there's frogs in it. He says, I'm tired of this mess. I'm tired of this frustration. He says, Moses, take care of this frog situation and I'll let you people go and worship the Lord. And Moses says, wonderful. This is great. I want, to sh I want to show you something. I want to show you that this is the Lord. And he says, you tell me when to have these frogs out of here. And do you know, if Pharaoh was like me, I'd have said, now. I probably use that word now with my kids quite often. I, I didn't count how many times I said it this week, but I, my kids would probably say that I say now quite often. When I give a command, I want it, I expect it to be followed through soon and quickly. Pharaoh says, you know, uh, you know, these frogs aren't so bad. Let's do it tomorrow. <laughs> and I can't figure it out. I can't figure out why would anyone want to have another night sleeping with the frogs. 
Would you? Would you want another night? Would you want another, another meal? You want your breakfast? You know, you're going to have toast and scrambled eggs and frog legs. I mean, we're talking about something I'm disgusting. I like that. I was going to say unpleasant, but disgusting is probably better. Just disgusting. Now, I don't mean to be disgusting, but I think I have to get this across to help us understand. We're just thinking about frogs and how disgusting it is to have them jumping all over. But just remember that all animals have to leave behind their little gifts. They have to use the restroom every once in a while. And we're talking about filth everywhere. This is disgusting. It's disgusting. And Pharaoh says, tomorrow. Let's deal with this tomorrow. So I begin to ask the Lord, why in the world would anyone want to put off dealing with their problems until tomorrow? Why would you, why would me, why would I want to put off dealing with my problems until tomorrow? The first is often we're just passive. We're just passive. When I was a young preacher, I... Uh, had a, the occasion to spend some time with a, a senior uh, preacher who was probably not too far from, uh, too many years from retirement. Had been in the ministry, I think, 30 years or so. And, and uh, we traveled to, uh, we got a chance to go calling together. I was, uh, went to just call with him and just learn the ropes, so to speak. And so uh, as we were talking, this is what he said to me. He said, it is my philosophy never to deal with a problem in the church. He says, most of the time, the problems will take care of themselves. I'm a young preacher. I'm impressionable. I thought, wow, that's, that's some interesting advice. But you know, I, what I found out was, is that his church was, was in a large church. It had, a, had an effective outreach ministry. And the people would complain. They would say, it seems like people come in the front door and come out the, uh, go out the back. It just seems like we've got a revolving door of people who are coming in, but they're not staying for very long. And the problem was, it goes right back to what his advice to me was, his, uh, his, whenever a church problem came along, the way that most of those problems resolved themselves was the person with the problem left the church. They got tired of the problem. They got tired of the situation. They got tired of, of no one addressing their problem. And they just left. I was counseling with a man. He'd come to me. He'd, and uh, for years and years, his wife had complained about his, uh, his treatment of her. And, and for years and years and years, he, she tried to get him to fix himself. And he wouldn't do it. It wasn't a problem. It wasn't a big deal. He had work to do. He had, he had think, more important things to handle. And, you know, the marriage was good enough. And, 
And then as soon as the youngest child left home to go to college, she left too. And now he shows up and saying, you know, I, I need some counseling. I need, I need to fix my marriage. I need to fix me. I need to do whatever I can to get my wife back. And I wanted to say to him, why did it take so long? I didn't say that. But you see, all these years, he's been sleeping with frogs. And every time his wife would say, we've got a serious problem, he would say, tomorrow. Tomorrow. And it wasn't until she left that he said, you know what, I've got to do something about this. Passivity can get us into a much, much bigger problem. 1984, I can never pronounce her name, but I think it's Yuli Fielder. She had this problem, but she didn't realize that it was as big of a problem as it was. You see, she noticed that there were some bees that were going in and out of, of a, a vent in her attic. Not a big problem, a few bees going in and out of the attic. She wasn't worried about it. She went to bed one night, and all of a sudden she started hearing this weird noise, this groaning and creaking, and, and all of a sudden her ceiling caved in on her bedroom. And from what I understand, hundreds of pounds of honey had so weighed down on that ceiling and the plaster, it broke through and all over the place. And from what I understand, the damage that was done by those bees made the house impossible to repair. She had a problem, but she just kind of let it go. She didn't deal with it. She, she just kind of, you know, ah, what's a few bees? But she didn't understand what was happening in her walls and in her attic. She didn't understand that there, the hive was taking over her home and her home would be condemned because she didn't deal with the problem when she noticed there wasn't something quite right. And it's easy to get passive. It's so easy to get passive about it. You know, Pharaohs, he's, 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 got, he's got a lot of responsibilities. He's got a kingdom to take care of. He's got, he's got people that need that need leadership. He's, he's got to make sure that the army's in, in uh, proper shape. And he, he's got all these responsibilities. And, and why deal with the frogs now when there's other things that are more pressing on his plate? But you see, Pharaoh didn't prioritize the word of the Lord. There were other things that took, were more pressing to him. Some other things that were more important. And so he was just passive about it. He didn't deal with the problem. We don't know. We don't know altogether the reason why Pharaoh said tomorrow. But I wonder if he just felt like, you know, this problem's going to take care of itself. And you know, it kind of makes sense if you're in Pharaoh's shoes. You see, the, the Egyptians worshipped, and I don't know if I say this right, Hecat which was the goddess of fertility and the goddess of childbirth and the goddess of frogs. You see, her, her story, her mythology was that, 
that when her husband formed man out of clay, she was the one who breathed life into the clay, and, and that's how man became. And the, their story is, is that she was the one who was right there when a the child was born, and she was the one who breathed life into a new baby. And she, there, were, there were amulets that, that women would wear, especially when they were pregnant, that had symbols of the frog on it, trusting that their pregnancy would go well. What's interesting is part of her story involved the resurrection of someone, uh, another god who had died. And so on the amulet would be a frog and it said, I am the resurrection. Interesting. Interesting that Jesus would say that he was the resurrection. This is when God sent the frogs, it was a direct battle between Jehovah and Heket. And here they're battling. It was actually her husband that was dealt with. I'll get you, TJ. There was, there was a battle between her husband and the Nile, was the god of the Nile River. And so there was this conflict first with her husband, the god of the Nile. And now it's a battle with Heket. And it's a struggle. And I wonder if Pharaoh's thinking, you know, if I put it off, Heket will deal with it. She's the goddess of the frogs. She's a woman. She's depicted in, in Egyptian art as a woman with a frog's head. Isn't that what you want to wake up to every morning? And I suppose, I suppose that Pharaoh thought, you know, Heket will deal with this. Someone else can deal with it. It's my problem. I'm the Pharaoh, but Heket will probably deal with this. She's the goddess of the frogs. In fact, most of the, the depictions of her, she's holding a frog in her hand. She's, she's, she's the one who, who is all about the frogs. Let her deal with it. And isn't that just like us? So oftentimes, we don't deal with the problem because we want someone else to deal with our problem. In fact, maybe we would even suggest, it's not my problem, it's Heket's problem. She's the one who's in charge of the frogs. She's the one who can deal with the frogs. I don't have to deal with it. And so we're just passive. There's an issue. There's frogs everywhere. There's frogs in the soup, and there's frogs in the bread. There's frogs uh, in the closet, and there's frogs in the bed. But that's all right. It's all right because... Heket can deal with it, not us. Not us. Passive. Sometimes, sometimes we don't deal with the frogs today because we're just too passive to deal with it. We're going to let someone else deal with it. We're going we're gonna to see if we're going to see if it takes care of itself. Sometimes we don't deal with problems not just because we're passive but because we're procrastinators. Procrastination is the, is the curse of all students, isn't it? I have, I have yet to know very many. There are a handful that I do know, but, but most students have the gift of getting the assignment done the night before. And, 
And you know, as adults, we get on the kids for their procrastination, but when you were in school, you did the same thing, didn't you? And I'll admit full well that I did that in school, and I still do it in school. It's terrible. We procrastinate, don't we? As an adult, it gets a little harder to procrastinate. But you know, there's some people, I mean, it, it seems like they, that they're going to, to pull in to work and they're going to punch in their, punch, uh, their time clock right on time. They're not going to be any minutes early. Procrastinate, leaving the house. Procrastinate, getting the groceries until you're all, you run out of stuff. Procrastinate. Why do we procrastinate? Why would Pharaoh procrastinate? Why would we procrastinate dealing with the problem? Why would we say tomorrow when the problem is today? Why would we walk around with, with a stone in our shoe? Why would we walk around with, knowing that we've got to deal with something and yet we won't deal with it? What is it? Well, sometimes we procrastinate because we have a fear of failure. You know, I'm not sure what was all going through Pharaoh's mind. But here he is. He's, he's supposed to be a descendant of Ra, one of the gods. He is a god. And he hasn't been able to deal with it. In fact, he, he, has, he has called his magicians and they have been able to bring the frogs up out too. They've, they've been able to pull off the same trick. They were able to do that with the blood. They were able to do that with the frogs. But this is the last plague that they're going to be able to duplicate. And I, it's almost a wonder if he's, if he's afraid of perhaps failing in front of all these people. Recently, I had a friend call me up and, and he said, I'm, I'm, I have a... Uh, I've got a difficult thing that I've got to do, and, and this is how I'm going to do it. What do you think? And so he lays out his elaborate plan, and this is, and I said, basically, terrible idea. And I began to tell him all the reasons why what he was doing was not going to work. He hung up with me. He didn't like my answer. Most people, when they ask their, your advice about something, just want you to agree with them. Have you ever found that? Why are you asking me your, my opinion if you just want me to agree with you? But he decided he did, that he was going to, uh, you know, he had a, a father-in-law that he has that's a godly man. And, and uh, you know, maybe his father-in-law would agree with him. And so he called up his father-in-law. And he, he said, that I've got this difficult thing I have to do. And here's my plan. And his father-in-law said, terrible idea. And here's the reasons why. Some of them the same, some of them, uh, some of them different than, than my reasons, but, but same thing. He hangs up with his father-in-law. He does not like the answer. So he calls up a, a preacher that, that he has confidence in, a preacher that, that, that's, that's served a lot of years in the ministry and, and, and is older and is wiser. And so he calls him up and he says, I've got this hard, difficult thing to do and this is my plan of how to deal with it. And he says, terrible idea and here's why. My friend calls me up. It was yesterday. He calls me up and he said, 
I want you to know I called my father-in-law and I've called, called this other preacher and they all agree with you. It was a terrible idea. And this is what he said. He says, I should have known better, but I got my emotions caught up in it. And he was beating himself up about it. And I said, listen, I said, this is why the Bible tells us where there's no counsel, the people fail. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. I said, we all, when we're close to it, become blinded by our emotions. When we have to do hard things, when we have to do things that are uncomfortable, we get blinded by what we have to go through. And I hear some people say, all I need is God, all I need is God. Well, wonderful, that's true. But God also tells us that, that we need counselors, we need people that can help us to know what the right thing to do, especially when there are major decisions. And I told him, I said, because you had the wisdom to seek out several counselors who all agreed you were able to make the right choice, even though it wasn't the choice you wanted to make. But does Pharaoh seek out counsel? If he did, it was from the bad counselors. And he falls. And he falls. Because he doesn't have wise people who care about him they're going to tell him the truth. This might be hard to hear, but one of the most clear evidence that somebody loves you is if they're willing to tell you the truth about yourself. It is the hardest thing to do to tell somebody the truth about themselves because you don't want to hear it and I don't want to say it. Pharaoh might have been afraid of failing as a leader, failing as a God. Do it tomorrow. Maybe I can solve this problem before you get a chance to take care of it. Sometimes we just want task avoidance. You know, we just don't want to do the job. It's a miserable thing. You know, nobody wants to do schoolwork. When I was a kid, my... My mom had this, this uh, policy that if there was something that she cooked that you didn't like, you had to take a no thank you helping. It was torture. And she put that what you did not want on your plate, knowing full well that you were going to have to put that in your mouth and gag it down. It's terrible child cruelty. She should have lost us immediately. So here I am suffering with this thing that I don't like on my plate. And if this was my policy, this is what I did. I would eat that disgusting thing first. Get it over with and enjoy the rest of my meal. My brother had the opposite approach. He'd eat what he liked. He'd enjoy the, all this good stuff. And then sitting on his plate on an island unto itself, was the disgusting thing that he did not want. And he would ask for seconds on the good stuff. And invariably, mom would say, no, you've got to eat that, whatever it was that he didn't want. And he would have to sit there, and he would, oh, he didn't like it, and it took forever, and it was complaining, and oh, it was a big deal. And finally, he'd gag it down. And then he could have whatever he wanted. 
What's the difference? I wanted to get the problem dealt with right away. I wanted to solve the issue. I knew that I didn't like whatever it was, and all I had to do was get it down. And if I could get it gone, I could enjoy But while my brother is, has something on his plate he doesn't like, the whole time he's eating the stuff he does enjoy, it's ruining what he likes because he knows what's coming. Do you know what? We do it, don't we? We do this over and over again. We know we've got a problem. We know we've got an issue. And we know that we've got to address it. But you know what? There's other things that are more enjoyable to do. I don't know what Pharaoh was going to go out and do that day. I don't know. Maybe he just, man, to just have to admit that God was God and that God had control of the frogs and not his goddess, Haket. I don't know what, what was going on. Maybe, maybe he thought he was going to go target practicing with the arrows and the frogs. I don't know. Maybe he had something fun planned. I don't know what his deal was. But folks, when we've got a problem, it becomes necessary for us to address the problem right away and not push it off. And it's hard. Because sometimes in the process, it means that we're going to hurt somebody. Maybe in the process, we've got to tell somebody something they don't want to hear. Maybe in the process, we've got to do something we just don't want to do. But we've got to, and we know it's waiting, and it's ruining the whole rest of our life. It comes up in our, our prayer time. It comes up at work. It comes up all, just everywhere. It just seems like it just shows up. And it ruins. We know we've got to deal with it. We know we've got to address it. But we don't. Sometimes we procrastinate because we're afraid of negative feedback. We're afraid of what other people are going to say and think and do if we do it. Pharaoh's king, he's a god. He's a god. And he can't deal with the frogs? What are the priests going to say? What are the priestesses of, of Hecat going to say when Pharaoh surrenders to a smelly shepherd? What, what are the people going to say when this former slave is giving orders to the king? Now, now it gets hard. Because now people have their opinions. And people's tongues are going to wag. And they're going to gossip. And they're going to talk about how pathetic Pharaoh is. To be surrendering control. And surrendering these slaves. These slaves. Who is Pharaoh? Who does Pharaoh think he is to give in to these people and to their demands? And suddenly, suddenly it's, it starts to become a little easier to sympathize with Pharaoh a little bit because it's hard for us to make some unpopular decisions. It becomes difficult for us 
to have to deal with the frogs in our life because we're concerned about how other people are going to, to perceive how we handled the problem. And do you know what? As long as we don't act, we can avoid criticism. As long as we do nothing, nobody's complaining. And do you know what? It's, it's the people who are doing nothing who are most likely to complain. But here's Pharaoh. And what's gonna, the priest's going to say? And what are his magicians going to say? And what are the people going to say? And what are the other nations going to say? And he's worried about what they're going to think. He says, let's put it off one more day. I'd rather sleep with the frogs than I would to listen to the criticism of the people. And I'm afraid there's many of us that have frogs in our lives that we're allowing to hop around, follow us into the kitchen and follow us into the bed and follow us to work and follow us everywhere. And the frogs are hopping around in our lives and we're not doing anything with it because we'd rather sleep with the frogs than we would to listen to the criticisms of others who don't like the way we deal with our problem. And we put it off. You know, we, we sometimes put off dealing with our frogs because of our own passivity, sometimes because we're procrastinators, and sometimes because we're trying to protect something. You know, I told you that I like comfort. And you know what? Sometimes the problems that we have, we can become comfortable with our problems. We've lived with these frogs for years now. Maybe as long as we can remember, we've lived with this frog. We've lived with these problems hopping around in our lives. And you know what? They've become bedfellows. It doesn't bother us anymore. Even though that we know it's causing problems and even though we know it's ruining our life, we know this addiction, we know this, uh, this spiritual battle that we won't surrender to the Lord, our, our sins that we've, that we've covered up and hidden, our, our carnal traits that we won't get cleansed. We know that it's, they're hopping around in our lives, but, but you know what is difficult? Is, is this change thing. There's this... There's a saying among counselors, people don't change until the pain of staying the same is less, or is greater, I'm sorry, than the pain of change. We've got to get to the place where the pain of change is less than the pain of staying the same. We want to change not very much. We don't want to fix the problem. We don't want to be different than we are. We are comfortable with what we know. Change is hard work and change is painful. And it's going to be painful for Pharaoh to admit that he has no power over these frogs. It's going to be painful for him. And he's going to have to admit his weakness. He's going to have to admit that he can't do it in his own strength and his own power. And it's painful to admit that, and the pain of changing becomes less than the pain of things staying the same. You know, we often talk about ruts. But you know the thing about a rut is once you know you're in one, you want out of it. I remember one time that 
we, we were, uh, I was up in New York and I, my mother-in-law was in need of spring water. There was a spring not too far from the house and the snowstorm was coming and she asked Trisha and I if we would go, go and get the, go and get the spring water before the storm gets too bad. And so we, we went in, I pulled into the, to the little pull-off area and we got the spring water, filled up the jugs and went to get in the car and I was stuck. So we did what you're supposed to do. You know, we rocked it backers and forth, and that didn't work. All that did was get us deeper into the rut. We tried pushing. That didn't work. We, could, we couldn't push our way out. We didn't have a shovel. We didn't have, I mean, this was supposed to be just a quick trip to get the water before the storm really hit. But folks, the storm had already really hit. We were really stuck. And do you know, I wanted out of that rut. And fortunately, some people came by Angels in disguise, Italians who had just eaten spaghetti, who are ready to do the work, and they pushed us right out. Thank the Lord for Italians who had eaten spaghetti. Nobody wants to be in a rut. But do you know what we often find ourselves? Satan knows that we don't want to be in ruts. Do you know what he puts us in? A hammock. You ever been in a hammock? They are just comfortable enough where you don't want to get out of it, but they're also kind of uncomfortable too. They're a little of both. And you know, you get into that hammock and you're laying there and maybe you're sipping your lemonade and you think to yourself, you know, the bed would be a lot more comfortable than this hammock. I mean, it's kind of comfortable, but it's not that comfortable. Most of us would not choose to install hammocks in our bedrooms. Most of us would prefer a nice mattress. But you're laying in that hammock and you, oh, I, I probably should get up and go to bed. Or, oh, I, maybe I should get up and, and maybe do some housework or work in the garage or mow the lawn. But you know what? It's a lot of work to get out of a hammock. I mean, it's not easy to get out of a hammock. And so you know what we do? We just stay in the hammock a little uncomfortable, but comfortable enough. Just comfortable enough. And that's the sweet spot where the enemy of our soul wants to get us. Where we're a little uncomfortable. We know there's a problem. We know that, that things aren't right. We know there are frogs in our lives. We know that there's things that we need to address. Problems in our life, problems in, in our relationships, problems in our church, problems in our, at work. And, and we know that these problems, these frogs have got to be dealt with, but we are just comfortable enough that we want to protect that being comfortable and knowing that if we, it's a lot of work to get out of the hammock. Oh, oh, we don't stay in ruts very long. We, gotta, we get out of a rut just as quickly as we can. We'll get people to push us out. We'll, we'll get someone to pull us out. We'll do whatever we got to do to get out of a rut. But a hammock, someone comes along and wants us to help us out, we say, go away. We just want to lie here. And so we protect the comfort of today, knowing full well that when we get out of the hammock, our back's going to hurt. 
knowing full well that the comfort we have right now is going to cost us later. Pharaoh is trying to protect the comfort of being in control, the illusion of being a god, the illusion of having things the way he wants them. He's trying to protect this comfort this comfortableness that is established by having slaves that are doing cheap labor for him. He's trying to establish his dominance and his control. All of this is being challenged, and all he has to do is get out of the hammock. He just has to deal with the problem. He says, five more minutes. I'm going to hit the snooze five more minutes. I'm going to... Oh, the five minutes are up. I'll hit the snooze on it one more time. Folks, it's not necessarily a sin to hit your snooze in the morning, but when God's dealing with us and dealing with our problems and dealing with the things in our lives that need to be addressed, and we keep telling God, I'll do it tomorrow. Do you know there, everybody starts their diets tomorrow? Everybody starts their exercise program tomorrow. We put off the uncomfortableness of eating right and giving up those things, those foods we love, we, those giving up our, our freedom of not having to exercise. We give up. We, we keep. Why? Not because we're in a rut, but because we're in a hammock. And the doctor warns us, you got to make some lifestyle changes. You're going you're gonna, to you're gonna suffer down the road. Your, your, your cholesterol is a little high. Your blood pressure is a little high. Your, your sugar is a little high. You're going to have to make some changes today. And you say, I will tomorrow. I'm comfortable in my hammock. And we pay for it later. And Pharaoh paid for it later. It's reported during the American... Revolution, that Colonel Rawl, commander of the British Army, was playing cards one evening, and a courier brought an urgent message, an urgent letter, and handed it to the colonel. Colonel Rawl took the letter, opened up his coat, and put it inside and finished playing cards. The game was over. He remembered the letter. He opened up his coat, pulled out the letter. George Washington is crossing the Delaware. Muster your troops right away. Colonel Rawls' face fell. He realized that he had wasted precious time finishing his card game. He began to rally his troops. He, he tried to get his men in position, but it was too late. And in that battle, Colonel Rawl lost his honor. He lost the battle. He lost his life. Because the cards, the cards were more important than the letter. And I wonder this morning, what are the frogs jumping around in your life? What are the things that God's been talking to you about? Or your children have been talking to you about? Or your spouse has been talking to you about? Or 
someone who loves you and, and cares about you and, and, and is trying to help you to make some right choices and they've been talking to you about, so what are the frogs that are jumping around in your life and you keep saying to God, tomorrow, tomorrow. I'll, I'll, maybe you're just passive. Maybe you're not concerned about it. Maybe you don't think it's a problem yet. Maybe you want to wait until that leak turns into a, a ruined roof. Maybe you're, you're just procrastinating because you don't want to deal with it today. Maybe it just seems too hard. Or, or maybe, maybe you're just trying to protect today's comfort, knowing full well you'll pay for it later. God tells us today is the day of salvation. In fact, his name is not I was or I will be. It is I am. He is a God who deals with us in the present. But oftentimes, oftentimes, like Pharaoh, we say tomorrow. Tomorrow. And none of us is assured the opportunity to deal with the frogs tomorrow. Let's stand together.